0: Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to see you, and so encouraging to hear what God's doing around the world. You know, people are different everywhere, and they're also the same, and so uh, we're grateful for what God is doing in different public school settings here uh, in America, but also I think it's interesting to note that He's doing similar things in some public school assemblies around the world. Amen? So uh, thanks for being part of that. Um, My name is Derek. I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration, and uh, it's a joy to open God's Word. In a few moments, I'll get to 1 Corinthians chapter. 16, going to talk about uh, act like mature men. Now, some people might say, uh, you say the word funny. Specifically, our staff makes fun of me for the way I say the word mature. Maybe you're like, it's mature, but I don't know if you're bad at spelling. There's no C-H in the word, so you can feel free to start saying it. I think saying mature doesn't sound very mature. How about that? But anyway, we'll get there eventually. So uh, it's great to be here. Welcome to those watching, worshiping online here today. On your way out, maybe a lot of you have noticed all the uh, fires that sprung up there in Maui, uh, Hawaii. We've got some friends that pastor over there at King's Cathedral. I was talking to them two weeks ago, and uh, just so devastating what's going on. But uh, our compassion partner convoy is already uh, helping. And so, if you'd like to give to be part of that on the way out, the buckets will be there. You can do that online or at any time. We've sent money on ahead. Through Our partnership, and so you can be part of that, or not. You're also part of it. Either way, so that's going to be great. Uh, Now, I am talking about men here today, so I've prepared my email inbox for some extra complaint emails this week. I'm forwarding them to iwon'treadit.com. It's going to be awesome. And so looking forward to that as well. But uh, next week, you know, I I feel like it is 2023. So I just kind of, even I'm falling prey to some of this pressure of like, oh, what about women? Okay, not every message is a thousand percent about everything. Feel free to come again like next week and then try the week after that as well. And then, you know, if you're not quite done yet, there'll be another one after that. So feel free to stick around. But it does just so happen next week, we're going to highlight two Female ministers, women in ministry. Uh, Next week, Dr. Carolyn Tennant will be sharing. And uh, she was the very first female vice president at Assemblies of God University in America. Uh, It was a few years ago when this happened, but uh, we're excited to have her. And then also in our service, I'll have the privilege of installing... Dee Lindelin, who is uh, taking over the district chaplaincy that her husband, Carl, used to do. And so it'll be an exciting service to be part of that. And so we look forward to that. So we're in this Holy Heat Wave series. And uh, Jesus is the one that said, hey, you know what's going on with the weather, but you're unwilling to understand the spiritual significance of the time you're living in. Today, I'm going to talk about... Some of the spiritual significance of the time we're living in, when it comes to this whole topic of gender and what is a man, what's a man do, that kind of stuff. There was a documentary a little while back that I didn't watch, but I caught the gist of it. It was called, What is a Woman? And it seemed like a few people were unsure to say the least. But uh, whether you saw the movie or not, I would submit to you this morning that many people are also unable to define or more importantly to display what a mature man is and does. So today, uh, I think this will help. Put some things out there. It'll be online so people can watch it later. Uh, I would actually recommend watching First Service. There was one part in the message. I'll see if you can guess where it is, where um, I said the word body fart. And so just look for that part of this message. Let's see. It was an accident. I'd like to clarify it was not on purpose, and um, I was quite embarrassed. So might have even been plural. I think it might have been body farts, actually. Uh, We'll have to watch that later, and uh, I'm not sure why so many people missed the point of it. But anyway, um, talking here from 1 Corinthians 16, so in a moment I'll get there, but I love the way one writer uh, explained this because I think, what Paul had to say to the church in Corinth is very applicable to what we see here in America. Yes, even in the church in America today. But one writer said it this way, Paul's letters to the church in Corinth show that the problems of the city also affected the Christian community. Boy, isn't that true today? We can talk about, oh, society this, society that, and they, and but. but the truth is these... This confusion, these struggles, these problems has come all the way into the church as well. The problem or the deception is not just out there, it's in here as well. Among the myriad of problems in the Corinthian church were, they listed claims of spiritual superiority over one another. Well, we don't have that problem today, do we? Okay, how about this one? Suing one another in public courts. Oh, it gets better. Abusing the communal meal and our favorite, sexual misbehavior. Welcome to celebration today. (laughs) Look at what they said. Sexual morality was a real problem in the church at Corinth. Neither monogamy nor chastity was regarded as obligatory in the pagan society in which the church members were reared before becoming Christians. Sounds like 2023. If you ask me, all right, first Corinthians chapter 16, if you have it and you're able, would you stand to your feet here as we read God's word together? Verses 13 and 14. Now I'm going to read from the amplified version with virgin, uh, version. I said it the right way. I messed up. This is not good. That was, I promised total accident. I don't know what is happening here today. Um, Amplified version, I was going to say, I'm going to say it louder because I'm talking about men. This is terrible. I'm going to read so much from my notes today, and I hope I don't mess it up even more. But Amplified version says it this way. Be on guard. Stand firm in your faith in God, respecting his precepts and keeping your doctrine sound. Act like mature men and be courageous. Be strong. Let everything you do be done in love Motivated and inspired by God's love for us. Titled the message: "Act like mature men." Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and lift high the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. We ask Holy Spirit give us ears to hear what you're saying. Help nobody leave the same. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, "Amen, Amen." You may be seated. Well, the selection. You've had enough. Thanks for coming. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> selection of this message in our Holy Heat Wave series comes at an interesting time. Of course, I don't believe it's coincidence, but rather a Holy Spirit-inspired coordination. Although this topic for this day was scheduled uh, two months ago, it was two weeks ago when I was at General Council that I heard the finest exhortation on the topic of gender ideology and the response of the church that is sweeping through our nation today. Uh, I linked that talk online on Tuesday on my social media if you'd like to go and see, hear from our general counsel legal representation. Kristen Wagner, you can do so here in her own words. But I do want to share a few comments. Uh, I'm not quoting her because she asked me not to, but I am giving my summary of some comments that she made that you can hear for yourself online that I linked. We're living in a time where science does not support the lies being spread about gender ideology. Gender transition surgeries are not solving the emotional deficiencies in our land. 15 year old students can't vote, drive, buy alcohol or a gun and yet we're to believe they're wise enough to consent to life altering gender surgeries. Friends, this isn't remotely logical and it is indeed quite harmful. Back in February of 1974, Alexander Solzhenitsyn was arrested by Soviet authorities and spent eight years in the Gulag and experienced extreme cruelty while under communist control. He spent the rest of his life writing and exposing the truth at great personal risk. He obviously critiqued the evil regime, but also brought critique against those people who refused to confront the evil in front of them. He found fault with the ordinary Russian man on the street who kept his head down and simply repeated the lies the government told to avoid being attacked personally. It was in his final letter that he uttered this plea to the people of his land. And in it, he said these words, Let the lie come into the world. Let it even triumph, but not through me. I pray that we would be men and women today who would not let the lies come through us. Amen. All right. You see there on your notes, uh, four points, but the fourth point has three points, but I couldn't do six point sermon because that's the devil's number. So it's four points with three blanks. And so that's how it's going to happen. The first three are things that a man is not. These are some societal myths that I believe in scripture clearly dispelled. Number one, a man is not a woman. Let's just jump right into the deep end on point number one. 1 Corinthians 11 would be a great text if you'd like to read more a little bit about that this week. But because there was some deal about man came first and then woman, I'm just going to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, the creation account. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created mankind. He created everybody in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, He created them. Scripture clearly articulates that God created us, male and female. The Bible doesn't say that God created man, and if he didn't like it, he could become a woman instead. Gender ideology has become some strange game of choose your own gender. Remember those books, Choose Your Own Adventure? They were like, you're going down the path. If you go to the right, turn to page 42. If you go to the left, turn to page 47. And then if you want to jump on the train, go to page 15. That, that's what it's like when it comes to gender these days. It's like, well, Shania, Shania Twain did a song, you know, man, I feel like a woman. What do you feel like today? But the truth is, it really doesn't matter how we feel. The original design, right? If you're a man and you're tired of losing at sports, you can become a woman and win all their trophies instead. As you've probably seen in the news and from different places around our country, but I would like to highlight, especially here in Minnesota, Society is even encouraging, quote-unquote, gender-affirming surgeries, which is a terrible phrase to use for what they're talking about because it's really code for genitalia mutilation, including for young minors, which is tragic and sinful. Men and women were both created by God with equal value but created very differently. Quite plainly, men and women have different body parts. That's where I said different body parts in the first service. It was fantastic. It brought a lot of levity to the day. In fact, for the last hour, I've debated, do I mess it up on purpose? But I just stuck with the first service. All right, here. Men and women have different body parts that literally fit together. And no matter how much secular progressives try, regardless of what any politician or anyone else tries to say, two women can't make a baby. And for clarity, two men can't either. You need a man and a woman. Scientifically, it requires sperm and eggs. This is the original design by God back in the Garden of Eden, well before sin entered the world and DNA strains became intertwined and abnormalities entered the human race. I remind you that there's no time in Scripture that prescribes us to show grace at the expense of truth. Now, I'm not saying anything today to be a jerk or to be mean, although some on that uber-progressive far left would have us believe that we're just, as Bible-believing Christians, that we're just big, meanie heads. I made that phrase up, not them, but I mean, I didn't make it up. I wrote it. Anyway, but at some point, truth-filled humans, regardless of Christianity, must stand up and say, we will not play your game of pick-your-own-gender anymore. But take a broader view than this, beyond pronouns in bio type online discussion. I remind you, friends, it is Satan, our enemy, who knows that godly men pose a real threat to his kingdom of darkness. So it should not surprise us when the devil wants to turn men into women. We were created with equal value, but differently in creation to serve the world and each other. God designed us so that when a husband and wife come together, they would each bring something unique. And as a couple, they would embody the different characteristics of God. Now, don't overreact and swing too far the other way and require that all men mow the grass and all women do the dishes. And the Ross house is opposite. She pulls the weeds, I do the dishes. (laughs) But it's not because I'm being a little whiny boy about being outside because I'm too hot. I mean, it's kind of true, but that's not really why. We've just decided we own gloves that fit her hands, and I do the dishes, and that's just the way it goes. We don't need to overreact and say, if a girl likes a truck, she's a tomboy. No, she's a girl who likes a truck and probably lives in Minnesota. I don't know. You know, there's there's winter. But think about it, friends. Like, this is where the crazy continues to set in. Even science and society recognizes that men and women were created differently. They won't admit it, but they know it. Look at this that I pulled off the internet. Feminizing hormone therapy typically is used by transgender women and non-binary people. You could tell I copied it off the internet. That's the first time I've ever used those six words in the same sentence ever. Feminizing hormone therapy typically is used by transgender women and non-binary people to produce physical changes in the body that are caused by female hormones during puberty. Those changes are called secondary sex characteristics. This hormone therapy, here's the key, helps better align the body with a person's gender identity. But friends, if they were the same, if men and women were totally the same, there would be no need or desire for these changes. We were and are different and that's how God made us. Number two, we want to talk about things that a man is not. A man is not a boy. This is also right from the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I played video games like a child. I'm sorry, that was not in the Bible. I just added that. That was the amplified version of Derek, you know, but anyway, no. I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, dare I say, when I became a mature man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I don't have nearly as much time for points two and three because I want to get to point four, but I can't gloss over this reality in our land today of what's called an extended adolescence, where 25 has become the new 18 in our society today. Scientific American Journal, not a Christian organization. There was an article written by Brett Stetka. He said he shared how teens are in no hurry to embrace the joys of adulthood. He said to embrace the putative joys of adulthood, but I didn't know what that word meant, so I skipped it. I Googled it. It meant commonly adhered to. Okay, anyway. An analysis by researchers at San Diego State University and Bryn Mawr College. Notice this is not like from the Assemblies of God. This is not a group of pastors that got together and is saying these things. Um, They said that teenagers are less likely to engage in adult activities. This review was done between 1976, 2016 by the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the National Institute of Health. The surveys included over 8 million teenagers from different racial, economic, and regional backgrounds. The study found that since the year 2000, teens have become considerably less likely to drive, have an after-school job, and date. By the way, three things I looked forward to for all my life growing up. (laughs) Drive, freedom have an after-school job, money to do what I want, and date. You figure it out. The fact that... I have to explain what that... Anyway, that's never mind. Body farts. Okay, anyway. Now, they go on to say, again... Unsaved scientific study, whatever the fact that teens, I add, not unlike many adults, are glued to their computers and smartphones for much of the day may have contributed to the results the authors suggest. Perhaps their socializing and more salacious interests have gone digital via texting, sexting, and online pornography, as teens are more likely to watch porn now than their predecessors. But they said the real Correlation between an extended adolescence is actually tied to affluence. Analysis found, basically, if a kid had to grow up, was from a larger family or a lower income family, if they had to grow up quicker, they did. But those that came from a home that said, just stay here as long as you want and we'll pay for everything, my summary. Newsflash, they stayed boys. If the opportunity for somebody else to pay is given, most people will say, you go ahead, mom or dad. But even if a boy does grow up and becomes a man, sadly, many TV shows think King of Queens, Home Improvement. Who watches those anymore? Uh, It's been a while since I've watched regular TV, but many TV shows portray the dad like an old boy. The dad is a clown who doesn't have a clue and just blunders through life making messes for his wife to clean up. While I'm signing up for added hate mail today, let me just add another thing. (laughs) Parents, you need to be careful what you let your kids watch. And I don't just mean for overtly sexual images or foul language or things like that because they're developing beliefs right now that will impact them later in life. And sadly, many of these TV shows are not inaccurate in their portrayal of men. Because too many men do, in fact, act like immature boys. Boys do whatever feels good, boys do whatever's easiest, boys do whatever their mommy will let them. And we've got problems in our land when boys refuse to grow up. Friends, this is not Peter Pan and Never Never Land. It's the real world, and our society functions best when men are not boys. But so many men today are stuck in boy behavior, just doing whatever feels good, making messes for their new mom to clean up, and quitting when work gets too hard. They're abandoning their family and running from the children they fathered. I was a junior high pastor at one point in my life. And probably the worst thing about being a junior high youth pastor is junior high boys' cabin at camp. There's no probably. It definitely smells the worst. It's like an experience that... We don't really wish on anybody. So whoever the dudes were that were a boys camp counselor this year, the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you. Thank you for going. I, I really remember three main things at a camp for junior high boys. Trying to make them take a shower. Telling them to change their clothes. Specifically their underwear. <laughs> and number three, put deodorant on. You know what I mean? Like that's just... Let me just say, guys, I suggest that your love life will go better if your wife does not have to tell you those three things. If you're trying to get a love life, you're trying to date somebody, I'm just telling you, take a shower, put on some clean clothes, and put on some deodorant. You know, do what you got to do, but a man is not a boy. Buy a shirt with a button, whatever. You know, I'm just saying, go, you know... Was that too much, sister Evelyn? I'm just trying to help people today. I don't know. I didn't say that in the first service, but I just try to help somebody with date night get a button. All right, number three. Number three. This is also important to note, and then I'm going to get to the things that real men, Bible men, mature men do. But number three, a man is also not an animal. You don't have to give in to every urge that you feel. You're more than your sexual desires, 1 Corinthians 15:39 says not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another and fish another. If I had preached this message a year, maybe a couple of years ago, I probably wouldn't have to make these comments up front, but because it's 2023 and in light of our society's current form of crazy, let me just say that a man is not a furry either. Now, if you're unaware of these things called flurries, (laughs) McFlurry, furries, I am really struggling today. I am sorry. This idea is floating around now that not only is gender a choice between a man or a woman, but you could also choose to be a furry, an animal. You could identify as a cat or a dog. But this is not God's design either. In fact... Biblically speaking, in the creation narrative, God created man, mankind, in his image and then tasked them to rule over the animals and subdue the earth. To state it plainly, we, men and women, were set above the other creations and intended to live with dominion here on the earth. So why in the world would a man want to lower or lessen himself down to the status of a furry animal? I believe it's because it's just another lie from the pit of hell and mankind has fallen into this trap of deception. Much of the suffering in our world today is caused by men who act like animals, right? Animals will indiscriminately seek to satisfy their carnal urges. They eat whatever they can. They have sex with whoever they can. Some animals will even eat their young if they're hungry enough. We see guys doing the same things today, regardless of the pain it causes them or anybody else around them. They're sleeping around, standing back while their offspring are killed in the womb through abortion so they can repeat their process of sinful living and go on satisfying their carnal urges. Animals will fight to the death over a perceived threat. They mark their territory by peeing on trees. And our news cycle today is filled with stories of violent men attacking others over a hashtag or a skin color difference or any other insult of the day. Men, we are not animals. We were made for more than this. Grow up, get a job, take care of your family. Don't give in to every sexual urge you feel. You don't need to pursue everything that walks in front of you. You can and should live disciplined because you're not an animal. You are a man. Number four, now to the positive parts. (laughs) Number four, a mature man, here's all three points. I'll just give them to you now so that I can continue to move toward it. A mature man biblically protects, provides, and prays. Protects, provides, and prays. Now, growing up, I remember hearing this. Maybe you've said it or heard it as well. Fell down, skimmed my knee, came inside. My dad was like, be a man, rub some dirt on it. My mom's like, that'll be an infection. Anyway, um, so even when we see this command, maybe some of us are like, oh, I don't like that. He says, act like mature men. But here's the thing. Biblically, he's not speaking down to you. He's not critiquing you even. What he's really saying is you are a man, so go ahead and act like one. Live up to who God has created you to be. So many times when, when I used to do like premarital counseling and different things, I would say men have this weird ability to live down to our critiques. Right? Yeah, if, if he's not good at picking up his laundry, don't say you never pick up your laundry. He's like, I can do that. Never. Got it inspire him be like I love it when you pick it up once a year whatever you need to say truthfully but if you inspire him men can live up so this is not God through the apostle Paul speaking down to men what he's saying is you were created in the image of God why don't you act like it be better than what society's telling you to be be better than what your desires and your urges are Act like the creation of God that you are. Act like mature men. So when you hear this, you ought to feel encouraged and not beat down. And let me just mention verse 14, overarching all three of these points. What does he say? Let everything you do be done in love. What is he saying? Don't be a jerk. Like, don't just go, well, the pastor said you got to protect, you got to provide, and you got to pray. You could add in love in your handwriting if you'd like. Just, yes, if you want to write it on his note sheet, that would be fine too. I know some of you take notes for him, tell him to do it for himself. Anyway, in love, that's the key, not just in our own. It says motivated and inspired by God's love for us. Why are we called to protect? Because God is protecting us. Why are we called to provide? God is providing for us. Why are we called to pray? Jesus right now is even praying for you and me, but it's got to be done in love. That's what a mature man does. Here we go. So protects, the first one. If you want to protect others, or in order to protect others, your wife, your kids, whoever, I don't, people, you can't protect them if you aren't paying attention. If you're not watching, if you're not on guard. That's the command right there. Be on guard. I just want to say this as clearly as I can. Men, don't be present physically, but absent mentally and emotionally. Be on guard. Why? Cuz this is war. Not with your family. Spiritually speaking, we're at war. This Word in in the Greek language would have had this idea of a military guard standing watch. We're in a battle. This requires vigilance and taking caution. Be awake and active as you protect others you're walking down the street, pay attention. If a car's gonna swerve and hit somebody, in a re- restaurant, wherever, but pay attention. Not just physically speaking, also spiritually speaking. Pay attention. John 10.10 10 says the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So be on guard. Protect your family. Protect the vulnerable. Protect those who can't protect themselves. Be a mature man. Not just the one you're married. Protect everybody in need. Be on guard. By the way, additional announcement that I'd like to just make right here that I wrote down. Uh, We've been having some additional activity on Wednesday nights, and I don't mean church activity. That's still going great, prayer gathering youth and kids. But we've had some extracurriculars walking in off the street, inviting themselves to our gatherings, and we want to uninvite them. So what we need is about two or three watchful, on-guard people, men or women that will sign up to help you on the security team on Wednesday night. We got a good team going on on Sunday mornings, but uh, we, we need some people stepping up on Wednesday night. We had uh, about two weeks ago, there was a self-proclaimed witch and warlock that showed up. Another week was somebody that had had far too much to drink. And I'm not talking about Diet Coke. And uh, somebody else that wanted to get to the kids area said he liked kids. And we were like, mm, that's not okay. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we just need about two or three more people. So if you'd like to sign up for that, if you don't have anything going on on Wednesday night or you have something going on, but you can change it and you could come and help and be on guard. We need two to three people every Wednesday night. So you can sign up. There's a serve team application. Let me read what they said. It could be on the app. It could be on the website, a paper version. If you're over 50, that would be awesome. And... uh That was a first service joke, wasn't it? I just realized that Pastor Vicente said that in the first service and you're like, why are you making fun of people? I'm not, it's Pastor Vicente. Actually, I technically made fun of him in the first service too, but that's, you know what? Enough about him. Let's go back to this. Pastor David and Raj, our head of security, would love to get you signed up. So we need some help on Wednesday night, two to three people every week to be on guard, to be watchful. All right, men, if you wanna know how to spot things that are going on, study the word of God. We got too many people, men included, and especially that don't know what the Bible says. One of the best ways that you can be on guard in this age of fake news is to know the truth of God's word. When you know the truth, you'll be more prepared to safeguard your family from the lies of society. Like Solzhenitsyn said, right? Let the lie come into the world. Let it triumph, but not through me. You got to know the truth so that you can reject those lies. But tragically, our society cares more about feelings than the truth of God's word. And it's not just out there, it's in the church as well. Many Christians follow their feelings on matters of gender ideology rather than standing firm on the truth of God's word. Friends, God's word is a lamp for our feet that will light our path. And if we wanna quit stumbling around in darkness, we've got to open his word. We've got to begin to walk in the light so that we can be on guard as we protect others, amen? You know, we're facing a cultural tidal wave that wants to wash away biblical values that hates the truth and celebrates sin. And we can either go with the flow Or we can stand firm in the faith. He says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith. Society right now is talking a lot about men who are perpetuating evil patriarchy and exuding toxic masculinity and that Christian values are outdated and bigoted, and I'm not even sure how everybody defines all those words. What I do know is that it's time for mighty men of God to stand firm in the faith and be on guard today. We cannot shrink back, we cannot settle for less than God's best, and we cannot give in to society's call to follow their way, the wrong way that the Bible says leads to death. Men, it's time to protect others. Here's another thing the Word says that mature men do is provide. Uh, we got to stand firm in the faith regarding his precepts and, and keeping our doctrine sound. We've got to be courageous. It, it takes courage in these days to talk about providing for others. First Timothy 5.8 says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I would say this second part of providing is the opposite of being a boy. Our nine-year-old son Lincoln doesn't provide nothing (laughs) besides dirty clothes, dirty dishes, and mom, can you take me fishing again today? Shout out my, my wife, who's the best taxi driver in our house. <laughs> we'll be driving home from somebody be like, can I go fishing when we get home? We're like, we're just coming home from fishing. I want to go fishing again. We're like, uh no, uh, you can't. Maybe tomorrow. He's like, Can you think about it? We're like, no. Can I have some ice cream? Also, no. Like, what is going on? Go to sleep. It's 7 30. I don't care. Just anyway, so boys don't provide, but I think real men do. And I'm not worried about who's earning more. Somebody's like, would you be okay if your wife earned more than you? Personally, I would be thrilled. i'm doing just fine and if we added that on top of it it'd be awesome you know what i'm saying like i'm not complaining you know i'm just saying but but this whole idea of boys let their mom take care of them men would contribute something in fact when we look back in the bible we were created to have a task to have a purpose so provide like an able-bodied man provides for others Those men who are in healthy condition physically, mentally, and emotionally, whatever, but we're all provided or called biblically to provide for others. Get up and make a difference for the good of those around you. This isn't just even about your house, but it's sure including it. Let me just say explicitly, men should not live selfishly, but should rather give of themselves for other people. And this is what it looks like to be a mature man, provide for others. And then the last thing, our time is gone, so I'll just say it quickly and then we'll participate with it. But the third thing a mature man does biblically is pray. Is pray. You gotta stand firm in the faith. You gotta be courageous. Be strong. I'm tired of seeing wimpy Christian men. And I'm not talking about people that don't go to 24 Hour Fitness or, or whatever those places are called now, but uh, a gym. <laughs> Listen, it's not that funny, okay? I just didn't know. What it was. Is it still a thing, 24 Hour Fitness, is that a thing? Lifetime, I should have said that. Whatever, um, Lifetime, it's a movie channel and a place I don't go all at the same time. Anyway, I don't watch it and I don't go. Okay, anyway, pray, be strong. I, I, I'm tired of seeing spiritual warfare relegated to women. Right? Prayer is not something for women to do while the men do something else. Prayer is not to be left for the women and children. If we're going to be strong, if we're going to be spiritually strong in this day, we need men who help to lead the way in warfare prayer. Paul said it this way in his letter to Ephesus. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How in the world are you going to be in his power if you're not in prayer? It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This is spiritual warfare. Why in the world would we send the women and kids out to fight our battle? It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against who we married. Our struggle is not against the children we have. Our struggle is not against our politician. Our struggle is not against our neighbor, but it's against the rulers, authorities, the powers of the dark world. So if men aren't strong prayer warriors, they're out of the fight against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's time for men to rejoin the spiritual fight of our lives. It's time for men to resume their role in spiritual warfare. It's time for mature men to fight for what will matter forever. So just a moment when I close which is one more page away, but I'm telling you I'm going to close. It's not the same as closing, but it gives you hope that it's going to happen. When we stand, if you're here with your spouse, I'm asking you to grab their hand and we're going to pray. If you don't have a spouse, you could pray for one if you want one or against one if you don't, whatever. <laughs> we'll all just pray. I'm just saying, wherever that is, everybody can pray. You know, I don't want to put on your prayer life what you need to pray for, but we're going to pray together. So Ashton could come and she could start to play. I love the story of the Alamo. I read it on Wikipedia. So if it's not true, update the info on the online article. But the Texans were forced by the Mexican troops out of Texas. And they left a garrison of 100 men at the old Spanish mission called the Alamo. And they said, hold the line. Remember the Alamo. It's 1836, an advancing Mexican army of thousands was going their way. And so the colonel in charge, Colonel Travis, wrote a letter to every militia and army in the area, send help immediately. And yet only 90 other men were able to come and join the fight. So they had about 200 guys facing an army at least 10 times its size. In other words, math was not in their favor. So they knew reinforcements wouldn't make it in time for them to win. So Colonel Travis gathered the men together and he pulled out his sword and he said, we won't be able to win this fight, but we'll give our lives and we'll hold this place as long as we can to buy time for Sam Houston's army to get here. Wikipedia tells us this is where the phrase, so he drew a line in the sand comes from. He drew a line in the sand with his sword, and he said, I want every man who's determined to stay here and die with me to come across this line. I don't know that this is true, but Texas tradition, they're a different country by themselves, says all but one guy stepped across the line, and that dude was French. I'm telling you, I don't know if that's real, but that's what Wikipedia said, so I'm repeating it like it's true. I don't know. Forgive me if it's not. I'm just saying. But the rest of the Texans, they stepped across the line for battle. The battle raged for a day and a half, and all the men were killed in the Alamo that day. But they held up long enough for Sam Houston's army to form, and eventually they would annihilate the Mexican army. It took some courageous men who drew a line in the sand and said, you know what, enough is enough. We might not win today, we might not win tomorrow, but it's, the lie might come through society, but it's not going to come through me. That I'm just going to draw a line and I'm going to say, this is where I'm going to make my stand. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to draw a line. I'm not going to sit down. I'm going to stand firm. In the faith. And I believe it's time for men of God to do the same thing again today, even spiritually speaking, with the cultural tidal wave of Satan's lies headed our way. You might consider making a run for it. You might have even been running before, but we need you now more than ever to stand firm, not in stubbornness, but stand firm in the faith. My observation is that weak, soft, and cowardly men are the ones who tend to abuse others. It's not the strong men that use their strength to abuse women. It's not the strong men, the courageous men that abuse their kids. It's not the courageous men that abuse others in society. It's the weak. It's the cowardly. It's so we need strong men, biblically speaking. We need strong men today who will use their strength to serve others. Men who will be strong and gentle at the same time. Men who will be dangerous for the fight of faith, but controlled with their outbursts here on earth. People who, men who would be skilled, but also servant hearted. They'd be courageous and wise. So I say today, men, as you live, as you work, as you play, as you fight, do it all in love. Let me just Make it as clear as I can, and then we're gonna pray. Man, if you only come home to your families out of obligation and you lack love, you're not gonna be a great dad or a husband. It's more than just owning up to whatever you've done. We need to live with love when we come home. If you're building a business, do it with love because you love your community, you love your family, you love your church, you want to provide for others. If you're going to war, do it because destroying evil is a way to protect and love the vulnerable. If you're fighting injustice, don't do it out of hate for people who are different, but love for your fellow man. You must be, and I must be, we must be in Christ, strong and loving. At the same time, we must be courageous and loving, truthful and loving in Christ. Famous saying statement is that hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. I don't know if You agree with the assessment, but it seems to me that we're in a season where times are continually and increasingly becoming hard. I've been praying that it would bring us to our knees. Not to show who's stronger, who's tougher, but an opportunity to surrender to Jesus. Let me just say, if you've been running, going your own way today, surrender your life to him. greatest thing a mature man can do is recognize his need for a savior. Surrender everything at the foot of the cross where we all stand equally before him. Man, woman, boy or girl, if you've been running from God, don't run any longer. Leave forgiven. Leave set free from the power of sin and darkness. Leave as a child of God. But I'm going to ask everybody too, that as we pray, We all pray for something different, but I'm gonna ask that we're gonna pray out loud. Now, I know that's gonna go against some of your Norwegian, upper Midwestern, Lutheran background, whatever it is, but if you can cheer for a preseason football game that doesn't even matter. Surely we could pray one for them. So I'm going to ask if you're able, if you'd stand to your feet here this morning. And if you're uh, next to your spouse, you could grab their hand. If you want to be their spouse, don't grab their hand. That's, that's, that's a little, you know what I'm saying? Just if you're saying go hold your own hand, whatever that is. But but here's what we're going to pray. I, I wrote down some things that I'm going to ask uh everybody to pray for. And I want to make this clear in the first service, I began to pray out loud to just give a little bit of noise in the room. And Pastor Dan thought he was supposed to wait till I was done praying to pray for his wife. So when I start praying, y'all can start praying too. I just don't want anybody to pray alone. Now, maybe you, uh, it's not been your custom to pray for your spouse. You should, but this would be awesome time. This is in a family house of faith where we could pray. And so I just think it's going to be easier if you pray for them here than if you wait till you're alone. All right? So this is about creating some things. Now, so if you're married to that person, dude, pray that God would help you protect and provide for them. Ask the Holy Spirit, gals, if you're married to him, to make him bold and stand firm in the faith. If you're not married... And you want to be. You could pray for that person, whoever they are. Pray, pray it in. I don't know. But if you don't want to be married, how about just pray for all the other men? Because I'm telling you, our, men, or our society functions best when men are men and not boys. They're, they're not animals. They're not women, right? So we need to pray for every man in our church, in our land, to step up in this season where many are running away. Where many are shirking their responsibilities and setting things aside. So I'm just going to ask that we would begin to pray uh, for those that are there. Again, if you're not married, just pray for somebody else. Pray for men in general. You want to? You don't know who to pray for? Pray for your pastor. That in these days we would stand. Pray for anybody at your aisle. Pray for our leadership team. I don't know. Just let's pray. Let's ask God to use us today. Amen. So let's just begin to pray all over the house. If you're next to your spouse, you can have. Yeah, you're just going to walk up. You know what? Let's have my wife walk up so that you walk to your wife. Matt, and you just walk by me, because we're not going to hold hands. You're married to her, not me. This is my wife. We'll have her come up to just reduce the confusion that's in the room. And so, come on, let's just begin to pray for whoever's there. I'll be in trouble later for bringing her up on stage in this moment. But Matt was walking up. I didn't know what else to do. It was really weird. I was like, I don't know what's going on, Matt, but, oh, yeah, your wife's behind me. That's awesome. Come on, let's just pray for our spouse or other people, men in in general. Father, we're lifting up your creation. God, you create... Female, you created us different but with equal value. And so, Lord, we say thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that you've given us to each and every man. I pray that you'd help them to be a protector and a provider and to step up in prayer like they've never done. I pray that in our land and in our nation, men would be filled with courage. They would no longer use their strength to abuse or put others down. They would not use their words to cut down the women and children. They would not use their hands to do inappropriate things. But, God, I pray that you would use men in our our land, begin in your church, but across our land, let men stand up for the things that are right, that they would use their voice, they would use their influence, they would use their position to protect and to provide not only for their family, but those in our land that can't, that need protection, They can't provide for themselves. And God, I pray that once again, we would see men step up and do things that you've created and called us to do. Father, I pray for every lady that's been through it. And God, I just pray that you'd bring great influences her way. I pray if there's an abusive man in her life that she would find security and safety away from that situation. I pray that she'd find help uh, to receive hope and healing from things that she's been put through. I pray for any kids that are not in safety in our land. We just pray, oh God, that you would blind the eyes of the attacker, that they wouldn't even know. And so we're praying, God, for freedom to come from those who've been trafficked, those who've been taken captive. those who've been put down and been abused. God, we speak wholeness and healing catch the perpetrators. Let them pay the price that's been going on and may they turn around in jail suffering the consequences. May they hit rock bottom and turn to you, O Jesus. May they come to their senses and realize and recognize the privilege that they've been given to give up their lives like Christ, you love the church, to give up their lives in service for other people. So Lord, let men in our land serve other people once again. God, I pray that marriages would be strong, that families would be built upon your word and that your kingdom would come here on earth as it is in heaven. So Father, we pray bless each and every marriage that's built upon you. Bless each and every family that wants to grow in your word and in your ways. And Father, may you be glorified in the way that we live. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.